When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We're back with another great edition of the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report podcast. It's Thursday. I'm your boy, Mike G. I'm here with my girl, Brandy Mack, and Auburn Memes. We took a couple weeks off to catch our breath this the offseason. It wasn't a ton to talk about, but coming back talking some basketball here, guys. Roster overhaul for Bruce Pearl here. First of all, I want to acknowledge the big coup of being able to get Janai Broom to come back. I think Auburn fans were sweating for a little bit that Janai might be gone. Now he's back. So that was a, that was a huge kind of like re-recruiting get for Bruce Pearl. But I want to jump into this, into how this roster is different. Um, on the outgo, uh, Auburn lost some staple players. Uh, Brandy, uh, talk to us about these departures. Wendell's gone. Allen's gone. Zepp is gone. He's got no more eligibility left. Chance Westry, I felt like kind of stung. A little bit. Johan, five-star. He looked lost out there. Stretch is gone. What do we feel about these guys that just are, are not here anymore? Yeah, honestly, you know, I will say Zepp graduating, I think he was great defensively, but we definitely needed somebody more productive on the offensive side of the ball. Really thankful for his contribution to Auburn during his time, but kind of excited to see how that role of the two happened shakes out this year um for chance and johan leaving i will say i was definitely a little more disappointed in chance leaving compared to johan leaving especially because kind of seemed like we were going to build the team around chance and janai going into the offseason so i think a lot of people are taken aback by that and we really didn't get to see his true production last year so i was actually really looking forward to seeing how he would develop in the offseason um kind of compared to how we saw him in israel last year where did he go? Syracuse? Did he go to Syracuse? Yeah, so he transferred yes. to Syracuse. Yeah, hmm. and obviously losing Allen, I think, out of all of these guys is going to be our biggest loss. Allen athleticism is really, really hard to replace. And I will say, though, he was super inconsistent. So if we, if the guy that we do have coming in to replace him and Chad Baker-Mazzara, if he can be more consistent than Allen, I'll feel a lot better. But yeah. I definitely, I definitely think that... Allen leaving was the biggest loss out of all of these guys with Wendell being the second biggest loss. You know, some of these departures, it's like, all right, best of luck. Some of them, it's like, dang, we'll miss you. A little a little mix of both. Okay. I, yeah. I, have, a hot, I have a hot take before memes goes. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it off base to say that Auburn didn't really lose much here? Allen's been in school for how long? Seems like and, forever. <laughs> and still and still still inconsistent. Wendell, again, same frustrations year over year, right? Like when he's hot, he's hot, but the floor was just way too low at times. Uh Westry, I 
what was the deal with Westry again? Like <laughs> had that he had that knee scope mm-hmm. and he sat out the first few games, comes back, just never really had the rhythm, never really had a step shot, and just I think there was some um complications going on with that. Mm. Wasn't necessarily maybe feeling hundred percent. Decided to uh, sit him out, let him get healthy, take a medical red shirt and reevaluate. And then it seems like for why he departed, it seemed that there was some um, family, okay. some, uh, fam- we'll say family influence that uh, will potentially get him a little closer to home. And that's probably all we uh, will really oh, okay. get into as far as that goes. Troy Orr, I think, was just a bust. Yeah, was, I think I he was. And also with him, he was really never supposed to come to Auburn anyway. So right. let's. Back up a little bit. He came to Auburn because Will Wade got fired at LSU and basically almost everyone left LSU. And Bruce is like, well, we have another spot. You're a five-star. Why not? Come on Why down. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, that was the last, I mean, it was a last minute grab. I mean, you can't, you can't say no to that. I mean, it's just, you got a, you got a five-star that falls in your lap due to some crazy LSU criminal star, activity. But I mean, the deal there is French guys don't do well at Auburn. <laughs> just saying it. Auburn is not oh a guy. French not embassy. Just say that. <laughs> no, we have, how many times? Okay, all right. Trivia question. Reading about it there. Name two times Auburn has had two guys from France playing in two major sports. Wait, Thanos was, was like, in France, was he? Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, you had yeah. two French guys ended up transferring with tons of athleticism, which didn't pan out. Just saying, that's never happened before. Mm, all right, at least in, like, a major sport. I'm sure there's been some like track <laughs> kids and swimming and you know like. Maybe some sports that have more of an international footprint than football and basketball. But it's just, it's, 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 we're on uncharted territory. I'm, right. I'm putting it down now. We're not recruiting in France anymore. We're done. We did it. Yeah. We're, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll win it. Experiment. I think factually that statement is true. <laughs> uh, yeah. It cringes a little bit, but it's true. Uh, Stretch, obviously, you know, he just wasn't never going to get any significant time here. Um, and I mean, th- those are the outgoing guys. I think, I think personally, um, you know, I'm, you're looking at like Wendell's stat line and you think, oh, 13.7 points per game, 4.7 assists, right? Uh, 1.7 uh, steals per game. Uh, you know, and before we move on, shout out to our guy, Justin Ferguson at the Auburn Observer for uh, providing these numbers for us. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, Bruce said at the, at, after they lost to Houston, he said, I want these guys to be proud of what they accomplished, but I have high standards. And I think that I thought that was a low key kind of shot to these guys who left, right? Like, especially the guys who have been here for a while. Now, I don't think it really was a shot at Zepp, but, you know, for Allen and Wendell, and, you know, and, and, you know, Chance was hurt, but Allen and Wendell more so than anybody, it was kind of like, hey, man, we, we have to get better. And uh, they went out and got some guys. So let's talk about how they got better. Uh, it means you could scroll up there and, and give us the uh, additions. Yeah, so, yeah, the additions. So, so for those that, you know, for folks that are maybe struggle with counting, you know, there's a six, six okay. left. And uh, we brought five in. So okay. there's a, a net negative one. You factor in that Lior has gotten a scholarship. So yeah. now we're right where we were. And Bruce normally kind of keeps a scholarly in his pocket. He says he was probably planning on doing that. He's done it in the past. So that'll put you at 12 scholarship players. That's that's kind of where it stands right now. Yeah, well, I talked to Leo earlier this week on the On the Victory podcast. Listen, he said, listen, guys, after I dunked last year, I became him. He said, I am him. I dunked. 
I said, okay, you dunk again, we'll donate some money to charity. Uh, so uh, Lior is looking to go out there and show out. So he'll obviously be on the scene, but I want to focus on these additions here. Uh, Brandy, talk to us, man. Let's let's start at the one, dude. Aiden Holloway, McDonald's All-American. How, oh how much gosh. better can he be than Wendell Green? All right, so really props to Wendell because he really tried to put the team on his shoulders, whether he should or shouldn't have. I sure. mean, he did, and he was a good SEC point guard for when he was here. But, oh, my gosh, Aiden Holloway, he has more height than Wendell does. He is extremely efficient and very athletic for a point guard. And I think the best part about Aiden coming in as a freshman this year and us not having Wendell anymore is Trey Donaldson and Aiden Holloway are going to be in a constant offseason battle for who gets that starting number one spot against Baylor to start the season Mm. off. So if Wendell had stayed, I don't think there would have been as intense of a battle because when somebody has been there for so long, they're a senior going into the last season, you kind of are like, all right, what, you know, this he's probably going to start. Well, Aiden's coming in as a freshman and still has to prove himself, even though he is a five-star, officially a five-star McDonald's All-American He's still a freshman. He's still fresh meat coming in. Has to prove himself. And this is the first offseason that Trey Donaldson will have where he's fully focused on basketball and not focused on both football and basketball. And we really saw him in the tournament last year and even towards the end of the regular season too, really start to grow more, become more efficient from behind the arc Hmm. once he was getting some true playing time. So I will say the one battle is probably something I'll be keeping up with the most this off season for whatever reports we get out of practice and leading into the season. But that battle at the one is going to be amazing. And I think Aiden is a better passer than Wendell. So I'm really excited, um, which kind of goes into the next person that's coming in and that's Denver at the two. I think Aiden or Trey, whoever starts, the spacing that we'll have in our backcourt compared to last year with just the way that both Aiden and Trey kind of play and manage that one position is going to be a lot better, not just because of them, but because of Denver Jones. Denver Jones is super shifty. He's a little bit smaller when you look at him in terms of like muscle that's on his body, not necessarily height, but muscle per se. And he is just very quick. So I'm really excited for what our spacing is going to look like with our one and two positions combined with Aiden and Trey at the one and then Denver and Katie at the two. Mm. Um, let me let me jump some on Aiden real quick, which is interesting because it made news not too long ago that uh, Aiden had jumped to a five-star for a yep. certain recruiting rankings. That's right. Interesting here. So on three and rivals still has him as a four-star 25 and 28th in the nation, respectfully. But 24-7 and ESPN both put him at a five-star, 14th and 16th nationally. Okay. So very interesting, the discrepancy there that you kind of have it down the middle for these sites that do uh, evaluations where they redid it. So regardless, worst-case scenario, you've got a top 30 player. Best case scenario, according to the rankings, you've got a top 15 player in in Aiden, that is. So that's definitely, uh, if that translates moderately to this level, like what we saw along the lines of probably the easiest recent comparable comparison would be like Sharif Cooper. Going to be really, really good, especially if if some of those 
uh, all those uh, all McDonald's All American game shots start. Does uh, does Bruce does Bruce send Trey or <laughs> or Aiden out there first game one? I think he sends Trey just for the seniority. You know how Bruce is; he likes his guys. I think. He's going to start his senior guys. I mean, look at it like, look what he did last year. I mean, even from a formality standpoint, he would still have Zepp starting, even if Zepp didn't get the majority of the minutes. Right. Yeah. Brandy. He's going to send, he's going <laughs> to send his words. I think Aiden's going to start only because of who we're playing first. We're starting off the season with Baylor. Okay. And that's a really big game. Baylor is a good, ba- like, they're going to be a good basketball team again this year. They were a tournament team last year. I honestly think Aiden is going to be sent out there because I think. I just think he's going to be who wins the battle in the offseason. I I'm think pretty, Aiden, I'm pretty high on Aiden. So I think Trey starts. Now, there's a possibility that Aiden may get more minutes if he lights it up. But with that big of a game starting right out of the gate, because, you know, they'll have expedition games, other things. That'll be interesting to see what they do with some of the non-stat or non-record uh, sheet games. But I, I personally think it'll be Trey just because Trey's got – I mean – if there's one thing you say about Trey, got some ice water in his veins. I mean, you saw you saw what he did in March. Yeah, he started to shoot a little of, bit more during, toward the end of yeah, the season, which was, was good not af- not afraid of the moment. Uh, maybe they'll split minutes for a while out there. I'm betting it'll be Trey, but I mean, who knows? Maybe Aiden will come in just absolutely light it up, and he'd be dumb not to. But yeah, I'm, I'm locking I will Trey. Say Aiden has a little bit of improvement that he needs to work on on the defensive side of the ball, and you saw that in a lot of the games that he played in his senior year. So I do think Trey is better on the defensive side of the ball. So I definitely could see what you said happening memes, but if you're going Trey, I got to go Aiden to start. So yeah, this, uh, what, what, which one of these guys has which one of these guys has more evolved hair? I'm looking at both of them, man, and we got receipts. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce has a type of point guard. <laughs> like all his point hey, guards have Aiden, wild hair. I think Aiden got braids or something put in from the last Uh-oh. video that they posted. So Uh-oh. it's got to be Trey then. <laughs> okay, all right. He braided it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, because you don't have helmets. I mean, like basketball swag. Like that's a real that's a real thing you got going on. I mean, you gotta you gotta have your look and. That's what you got to run with. You oh, yeah, know? man. Both these guys definitely use head and shoulders. Oh, time out. Time out. <laughs> this is a very important question. Okay. It will include the new additions to the team here. Who's got the most swag on the team? The most swag? Yeah. Who's got gotta the be, most... It's got to be Janai, man. Like, like Dylan is kind of goofy. Definitely not Dylan. Definitely not Dylan. Yeah, like, KD is just abnormally angry and unhappy. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's just a menace. <laughs> It's gotta it's gotta be Janai, man. I'm going with Cheney. Okay. I'm going with Cheney. I think Cheney has the Okay. Style. I mean, I haven't seen enough of Cheney to decide if he's he's swagging harder than Janai. But listen, man, Janai was shooting threes near the end of the season and he was giving people the little man symbol. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean I'm going with Janai. I'm going with Janai. Janai likes to talk a little shit out there. He 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 wears it on the sleeve. So all right, well, after Janai. after what he did in the G League games, like the G yeah. League, uh, yeah, right. Gotta like you, you got to get yeah, yeah, you got to flex on him. You got to give him his his props. Hey, hey um, he's gonna be coming in this season feeling well, good. Well, he's got to be. Address, well, maybe address this question like maybe late December. See where we're sitting at. Like Brandy saying Chaney, Mike saying Janai for who's got the. Who's got the swagger it's going to be Janai, dude? He's gonna he's gonna get drafted after this year, and he's gone, right? And I'm gonna I, I'm gonna play it different. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Trey. I'm just gonna say Trey or Denver. One of the two is gonna come in there and just like oh no, a- Aiden. Like if you watch that like uh, that McDonald's All American game, I mean he was uh, he was playing. Was he playing Brandy? Was he playing with or against Bronny? 
He's playing against him, I think. He's playing against him. He yeah. was playing against him, man. Like, listen, he was doing work out there. Oh, I mean, yeah. he was he was really doing work out there. I'm, so. I'm telling you guys, he's he's really really good. Mm, he has yeah. such a high ceiling, and I think he still has some growing to do height wise because he was like five nine going into his senior year. He's six. Get him six, six one, one. Yeah. Get him Does in the he, wellness kitchen. Is uh is Aiden Brandy is is this Bruce Pearl's next one and done? You know, no, I don't think so. I think Aiden will play for two years and then leave because it's a lot harder as a smaller guard to go one and done in the NBA. I thought Sharif should have come back another year. Like, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I no, think so too. And like, um, yeah, Bruce is always going to advise them the best to his ability. So honestly, I could see Aiden coming back for one more year um, after this. So yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think Aiden will be one and done. I do think there's a possibility when Tahad Pettiford comes in that he could be one and done. Mm. I don't think it's an insult to to, to Aiden to say that no, it's not. he's not as good as Sharif because, like, let's be real, Sharif, very, I mean, obviously he missed over half the season, all things considered. But had you seen Sharif be able to practice and play a whole season non COVID related and really get all that we could have, that he would go down. It's probably one of the best of all time that came through to Auburn. And he, as we said, probably should have come back for that second year. Uh, I don't see, as Brandy mentioned, the size, this and that. I don't see it. Mm. I don't see it happening with him. And that that is not saying that he's not going to be very, very, very good. But let's be honest. I mean, the defense, sorry, excuse me, the shooting. I mean, the NBA ain't just looking for shooters. They want that defense, too. And obviously, that is a part of his game. Yeah, got to be gonna two have ways. to work on. And hopefully, I mean, that's something that Bruce Lee's into a lot. And that's one thing I'm worried about is the whole, because I mean, on the offensive side, it looks like you got the pieces. You got the pieces to the puzzle. How well is that necessarily going to translate on the defensive side? Because that was one thing you could really count on with the guys that left. I mean, Flan could play some tenacious defense. Zepp, one of the best defenders in the country. One of the best defenders to ever come through Auburn, just top to bottom. Very, very, rarely missed it on that side of the ball. Wendell, when he didn't have a ma- when he wasn't had a massive size mismatch, Wendell was a good defender as mm. well. And then you know, let's be honest, the other guys didn't really get much of a chance. So out of those three, that was something you could count on. The guys that you still got on the team. I mean, we know what Broom can do. Sorry, right. gotta you know, gotta not gotta. Let me uh, let me ask you this. Foul calls on him. I, I have but, I have a, I have an interesting question. Because okay. given the reconstruction of this roster, does Katie Johnson's role? progress on this on this newly built roster i think he's gonna come in again as he did last year as a six man and honestly that was the best thing for him because he finally got back into a groove at the end of last year because he was struggling i mean the beginning of the season um i think he might have started a little bit last year but once he came in as a six man last year it's really when he started to find his groove again Mm. so just given how these guys were recruited and what KD was putting out there on social media, when Denver committed, I mean, he was fully, I mean, he was out there like tweeting about it basically and kind K- of hinting KD. that Denver was about to commit. So I think he's, I think He'll he's accepted and knows that he does better in a six man role. And I think we're going to see that happen again this year. Um, he just has to find a way to control himself sometimes because he can, he's, I think he's a great basketball player. He just, there are times when he isn't necessarily at his best, and that's when he's a little bit uncontrollable out there. Yeah, and the interesting part about KD too is he technically still could have a COVID year after this year if he wanted to. Really? 
Yeah, because his freshman year, his freshman year, uh, what was 2020? Yeah, it was 2020, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, I guess he so, would get a COVID year. So KD would have a COVID year if he wanted it. So you could have another year of KD. But yeah, I mean, his role, he'll get minutes. And like, I hate I hate to like bring this up because like, it's just, it's not the, it's not the sexy thing to say. Not really the fun thing to think about. But history will tell you, there's going to be some player in this roster that's going to miss game, games, minutes, however you want to look at it, for some type of injury. Maybe it's just guy rolls an ankle, he's out for most of the game, or something more severe and they're missing multiple games. It happened with Broom. Obviously, it happened with uh, it happened with Westry. It happened with Wendell. And uh, you know, uh, so yeah, KD jammed his, jammed his thumb, Chris Moore, and so on. So somewhere, these guys that are rotational pieces, your sixth man, your seventh man, whoever, they're going to be getting those starter minutes. So you got to look at those guys and say, how confident do you feel in that person for what they have are doing in the current year and what they've done in the past that you feel like the team's not going to miss a beat if somebody has to go down for one reason or another, short or long term. And that's right. where I think you have a drastic improvement with this team because you got guys that on paper can play some a bit more uh, combo positionings than last year's team, I would safely say. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Denver, combo guard, wing, you got uh, – Baker Zara and Cheney Johnson that could, in theory, kind of hit that 3-4 if they needed to. Uh, we'll see how Scott is at that big big man position, if um, he'll get just any type of relief minutes. Or, I mean, in, you know, Jalen Williams, he'll, he can play the five if he needs to. He's done that before. If uh, something's up with Broom and or Dylan. So Chris Moore obviously has played a lot of three and can move him around where needed to be. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a big Chris Moore guy. I'm a Chris Moore guy. I don't want to even talk about it. Uh-huh. Sure. I'm not a big Chris Moore guy. Get out of here with that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, mean, I mean, I get he was hurt, but he just... I he looked he lost out there at times. So yeah. Pre-Ole pre Miss, pre-Ole Miss, and I'm a, I'm a truther. Ike and I, when we did our massive deep dive, went into this. Okay. And we'll defend my guy. All right. It's recent. The reason Simo's getting the hate is it's recency bias. He struggled massively after that shoulder injury. And I remember watching him in that March game when I was shooting photos for you guys. I was right there under that goal. And he, there was some shot or twist he made and he grabbed that shoulder and just screamed in pain. So mm-hmm. like that shoulder was definitely aggravating him the entirety of that season. Cause you know, like, he just fell off the stat sheet and really the only game that he had after that old miss injury that he played could arguably say, well, would have been the Alabama game in Tuscaloosa when he was just playing lights out on defense. And I probably would be, if I was a betting man, say he probably wouldn't still feel it. He's probably feeling it a little bit in that shoulder, played through it as any good athlete competitor does. But before that, look at the stat sheets, go back and look at some of those games. Like Chris Moore was shooting very, very efficiently. It wasn't like, oh, you know, it might be six, eight points a game, but he would be like three or four. You know, it wasn't like he was hawking up shots. He was taking very well-timed shots. It's not so much that, though, man. It's more so like the, uh, like, it felt like there was, as soon as it came in, it was an immediate turnover. Like, almost like he had butterflies every time they put him in the game. You know, he was butterfingers at times. Like, you know, he looked lost out there at times. What what part of the season are we talking about? Talking about, we talked about the beginning or the end. I'm, I, whenever I saw him out pre-injury, too, he looked lost to me. 
right? Like he just, it just never looked like he got in the flow of the game very much when they put him in. So, you know, when you're, you're adding all these guys, like I just, I just have my questions about how some of their roles are going to change. Um, because I assume, and you know, Brandon, you can weigh in on this. I assume with Aiden Hollow, with them knowing, with Wendell knowing Aiden Holloway was coming in, he assumed his role was going to be reduced to some extent. I mean, you've been here for a couple of years. You tried to get it done. I think they had an accurate depiction of what his floor and his ceiling was. And it was just like, hey, we have to get better at this position if we're going to challenge for the SEC crown year in and year out. You're, you're, Before, you're, yeah, I agree. I, but I, I, I wouldn't even say the one was necessarily where our problem was. Honestly, okay. it was the two, three, and at sometimes the five. Okay. Or not, sorry, not the five, the four last year. Because I mean, we were getting no production at all from the two at, at one stretch of the period. What does Chris Moore play? Uh, he was playing the three. He was playing the three. I'm going to defend my boy. I'm going to defend my boy. Defend my boy Simo here. Before before the Ole Miss game, there were three games that he had two turnovers. Eight games where he had zero turnovers, and you know, whatever the difference is for one turnover. So my man Simo was not turning the ball over that much. Fake news on that. I'm defending my guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm just saying, I'm a CMO truther. Like I said, he was not a lights out player. I mean, he wasn't just like a dude that was going to just put the team on his back consistently, but he wasn't a liability. He was good on defense, played hard. Like, for example, the Washington game, he was five for six. I I disagree that he wasn't a liability. Two for two, one of two. Now, I'd say Northwest, everybody shot bad Northwestern, 0 and 4 Northwestern, but. Four seven one two three 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 five. So he wasn't just hocking up shots and missing them. He would make a decent percentage of the shots that he took. I mean, he was shooting at a decent clip, taking smart shots. Decent from it was a very very efficient from three as well when he was playing. You know, he'd get his re, get his rebounds in there. Just a guy who I'm, I'm going to call it for what it is. We're going to we need to go to this terminology for evaluating everybody. He was a high floor, low ceiling player. And that's somebody that is good to have out there. Now, are you going to be going deep in the tournament with those kind of guys? Maybe not, but you're definitely, you're definitely going to be winning a lot of games with them. So if that's the, if that's the worst that you get out of SEMO when he's playing healthy, and then you got other guys that can supplement, because the problem that Auburn was having is when other guys are coming in as depth pieces, you just have these massive drop-offs. Just no productivity. Call it for what it is. Just utter liability when they were out there. And it would be different guys at different times. But Chris wouldn't really give you... You wouldn't really see a huge drop-off when he was there. So I'm just saying, I'm a defend. It's an unpopular take. I'm defending SEMO. We'll see how he looks this year. Maybe I need to apologize for this take in about... I can't really <laughs> do math. Maybe seven, eight months, but... I'm going to defend him right now. I'm standing up for my guy, recency bias. Uh, it, but there's going to be so much depth at the three. I think I think this is going to be I think it's going to be fine. 
But it's, mm. it's going to be interesting to see what that's going to look like with all the guys that may go in there. Are they going to are they going to do more hybrid combo positions with some of these guys? Are they going to make it very black and white how they had it last year, where it's basically two guys at every position that basically split minutes 50-50 every game? Mm. I think what? that what you just mentioned there is probably a good segue to talk about Cheney Johnson in terms of kind of versatility and combo positions. So Cheney Johnson is listed on the depth chart, I believe, as a guard, but it's really a forward slash guard kind of combo. So I think we're going to see Cheney get a lot of minutes at both the backup three and the backup four. I think Simo will play a little bit at the four um, backup, but really, I think Cheney is going to be a huge difference maker for us, even though he's coming from a D2 school. Everything I've heard about him coming into Auburn and since he's been there is that he's the hardest worker in the room out of everybody. That includes Janai, that includes Aiden, Trey. Like he is the hardest worker. And well, that's coming from people who knew him at UAH and people who have been in the practice facility at Auburn. Well, so Bruce played against him. The yeah, exhibition game yeah, last I mean, year was against UAH. A, like, so. Yeah, that was a um, that was just a was ex- scrimmage, but yeah, it was an exhibition. But it was it was in Auburn Arena with fans there. I mean, they mm-hmm. saw they saw him play in per- Bruce saw him play in person. Yeah, so everything I've heard about him is like he is outworking everybody, and all and that's always been his personality. But if you go and watch some of the little highlights that you can find out from him during his time at UAH, I mean. He was playing anywhere from the one to the four, even there. And this dude can just, he can get up. He can play defense. I mean, the block shots that he had at UAH were incredible. The dunks that he had were electric. I mean, on both sides of the floor, I have a hot take here. I think that Cheney Johnson is going Mm. to be the best transfer coming into Auburn. And we'll see that this season. That is a a flaming hot take. Or the, the best, best transfer, not the best player on the roster, the best transfer that came in. It's going to be Chaney Johnson. So, like, like ever is, or just this year? <laughs> oh, no, just this year. Sorry. Just, just this year. Okay. Year. Yeah. Right. yeah. Still flaming hot. Today. I, know I mean, I like it. I love it. That's flaming hot. But I truly no. believe that Chaney Johnson is going to be the best transfer out there. Okay. Back that up with some numbers. Just what's the stat line look like? Um, you'd have to pull that satellite up. It's kind of hard to find it's it. It's hard to find. Um, yeah, that's that was yeah, kind of the issue. It's, like it's hard to find. So 15.9 points per game, 6.7 rebounds per game. And then obviously he was the Gulf, Gulf South Conference player of the year. Right. So, so what does it look like at all? Tall, I mean, he's huge. He's he's six seven and he's six seven with some meat on his body because Chad Baker Mazar is also awesome. six seven, but we we put them side by side. Uh, Chaney is like massively bigger because of the muscle he has on his body. But I mean, Chaney is extremely athletic for being as tall and muscular as he is. And on both sides of the ball, I think he's electric. I think his upside, I think he has probably the second or third highest upside on the team behind, um, I would say behind Aiden and, and Janai, but his ceiling to me is it's, it's, it's up there. It's high. And I think his floor um, is also pretty high too. So I'm, I'm really excited about Chaney. I think he, I don't know if other people consider him to be a sleeper, but he is my sleeper best transfer that we brought in D two Chaney Johnson. Remember this when we get to March madness next year. Okay. All right. I liked, I like yeah, so many, so many receipts from this episode, man, this is going to be like make or break all of us here. Especially right. Brandy, Brandy, Brandy's betting it all. 
Well, we do, well, we know Janai is solid, right? Uh, he was Auburn's, I would argue he was Auburn's biggest get this offseason was getting him to come back. Um, you talking about Broom? Absolutely. And, and yeah, on, on the topic of Janai and how his role will fit into this team compared to last year, he's going to be able to take a deep breath, I think. And that's going to be a massive game changer for us because last year it was him and Wynn just putting the team on their back most of the time. And a lot of times he would foul out or he would get in foul trouble and couldn't play to his full potential, or he would just be so exhausted because he was taking the brunt of the work in almost every conference game. It felt like mm-hmm. I think Janai is going to be able to sit back and really dial into his strengths this season because the pressure won't be fully on him. And well, let me say, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you can go. I was going to say, so I went to a lot of the games early last season and I got to sit in some of the rich people's seats. Just, you know, don't, don't worry about how connected your boy is down in the plains, but just to no say, case. I might have been sitting next to Jay Googe at one of the games. So, you know, oh. just me and my me and my boy Jay sitting next had, to Boozy uh, Goozy. All right, yeah, John Cohen was maybe four or five seats down from that. So, you know, I was just chilling with my boys, right? <laughs> you know, Cohen, Googe, Memes, Chris Roberts, like all in the same room. Just saying, right. just definitely all, of, definitely all of the same status there. All the most all high yeah, value most, men. <laughs> yes, the most powerful men in Auburn all sitting together at the game. So, well, uh, let's, like a, let's let's talk about the rest of the Auburn Illuminati. What did right? you, I got to finish my I got to finish my point. So I, I was I was plugging my, how how uh, cool I am. But what I was saying is those first few games, it did seem like Broom's chemistry with the team was not a hundred percent there. Okay, like he was still kind of getting used to it. But so what I'm trying to say, just a very quick point of that is those growing pains of those guys kind of getting used to playing with each other because it was very obvious pretty soon on that this team was run like the offense started to run through Janai. I mean, that was kind of the, the most consistent catalyst to this game was getting him involved. And then the rest of the, the wheels would start spinning. That took a little while and it didn't always hit, but when it would hit, it would work. So I think now having broom, having that consistency and getting these chemistry, the confidence, whatever it is with him going, and then all the other pieces around him to make that flow and open him up. Broom's gonna cook. That's and we all know this. But if, if he can hit a couple threes a game, um, I think that they're gonna be able to stretch the floor and really cause some problems for some teams. He's he was working on that. I watched a few practices where he was working on that in practice. And I was like, is he really gonna do this in the game? I mean, he was backing up to, to damn near half court at times, you know, just trying to, you know, practice shooting threes uh from deep. Uh so we know Lior is, is coming back, uh Janai's coming back. Um the, the first pickup was Denver Jones, wasn't he? Wasn't he the first get of the offseason? Yes, yeah, very he was the first transfer, and he, I believe he was Bruce's top target in the portal because there are already yeah. a lot of really solid players, even though yeah. he committed early on. He was definitely Bruce's top target. One uh, of teams, a lot of teams wanted him, including Alabama, until they didn't get him, then they didn't want him. Yeah, what kind of impact does he have this year? Okay, so Cabrini just named Chaney Johnson the most impactful tr- transfer, but I had felt like predicting. it was going to be... Predicting, he is. Predicting. Okay, but, yes. <laughs> I feel like it was going to be Denver Jones, right? Like, yeah. Um, and we're looking at his stat line here, um, you know, 20, 20.1 points per game. He's 37% from three-point, and, and shooting is what they need. You know, is is Denver Jones going to be a good out, flan, flan replacement, kind of? Uh, I think he'll be a, he'll be a Zep replacement. Is that replacement? Okay. Yeah. So, yes. And also, the 20 points per game, 20.1 points per game, that's pretty freaking impressive in the Conference USA. So I just yeah, want to say something here about Conference USA because 
feel like there's been some chatter online about some of our transfers. Oh, they're coming from mid-majors, JUCOs, D2s, whatever. And our top target, Denver Jones, is coming from Conference USA. The two teams in the NIT championship this year were UAB and North Texas, Conference USA, FAU Final Four team, Conference USA. So while FIU wasn't good, no, Denver Jones was playing against very good competition, tournament okay. teams, and NIT championships. So mm. I needed to say that because there's been chatter online about people just absolutely railing Auburn for having uh, guys from mid-majors transfer in and JUCOs and D2s, whatever. So, But it, it just got to just admit the fact, eventually, just the world's got to know that Bruce's and staff's evaluation is just unmatched. I mean, they when they see a guy... Is it? <laughs> is it, though? From an evaluation standpoint? Yeah, I mean... I mean... <laughs> I'm looking at the guy outgoing. Yeah, so, right. Uh, yeah. No, but 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 what I'm talking about is diamonds in the rough. Like you're finding guys from these smaller schools who that's an SEC player. Let's get him in here. I, I think that's a, a solid. I don't think that's a hot take. Like who would have thought Wendell came from Eastern Kentucky? Yeah, Western like, Kentucky. I, yeah, I right, well, yeah, but now he's gone. So that's what I'm like. But he still played and was a good. Role player for two, he got you to the tournament two years in a row. All right. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like I mean, there's some work to be doing. Yeah, I right. I think he's hot and cold when it comes to eval, personally. Yeah. It's hard. Listen, but, let, let's not, it's not hard, like it's an easy hard, job. Hard, you never know how somebody's going to pan out. Right. I, yeah. I'm just saying, I, I'm saying from the, the fact of snagging somebody from a, it was, that's a Eastern, that's a Eastern Kentucky or Western Kentucky. He came from Eastern Kentucky. Wendell okay. did. Okay. What I'm just trying to say is he was snagging guys from smaller schools that definitely outkicked their coverage that, that maybe played bigger than maybe people would have thought. Okay. From where, who, who, where they who came are you in. Talking, who, are, who are you talking about? I'd have to go through and look at all the transfers Auburn's gotten in recent history, but we'll see. I mean, obviously this year will be for every very, you have a Zep. So Zep was I, not a bad Zep was not a bad pickup either. He played a different role than people thought he was going to play. I mean, let's but like, I don't want to be too rough on him, but he provided no, be rough. Let's argue. Let's go. I mean, he provided a horrible production on the offensive side of the ball. And when you look at his numbers compared to college of Charleston, he clearly his game just did not translate to the SEC, the way that it that he played at College of Charleston in that conference. So but I, I last agree season, he was good on the defensive side of the ball, but he last put season, up 16 points per game at College of Charleston. And for you to basically be non-existent on offense when you were at Auburn is just a little... La- uh, you know, last yeah. season, like I guess the Jabari, Jabari uh, Walker season... He shot like 36% or something from three. Like he he didn't shoot a ton, but he was very efficient. Now that did drop off this past season. I will give him that. But Zep played an important role. One that I think people are definitely going to take extremely for granted because what he did was it was eye test. It didn't show up on the stat sheet. You had to really watch games and watch film and see who he was locking in on, see who was not factored in the game in that particular moment because of Zep just being on him like like glue. So, I, I agree he was good on the defensive side of the ball, but when you're playing the two, you have to be good on the offensive but side of the But that was the problem, too, is the so. two was not Zepp's position. Zepp was I, I a know, true I one. Know, I know it wasn't, but just because it wasn't his position doesn't mean that your production should go down because the two isn't that different from the one when mm. it comes to 
offensive production. So that's not, I don't want to talk too much about him. He's graduated. I don't want to be too hard on him, but I, I definitely think like the difference between what we saw last season at the two compared to what we'll see this season at the two with Denver Jones is going to be drastically different. And Denver played against much better competition at D, uh, well, FIU than what Zet played against whenever he well, was you at can look at Well, you can look at Broom from Moorhead State. I mean, you got Ohio Wait, that's Valley That's a good guy. conference. That is a good conference. They played against Murray State. That like Janai was playing against that Murray State team that had Tevin Brown on it. And Moorhead State, I think they finished second in the conference that year, too, whenever... Um, like on the team that right, Janai was on that from the, conference. But from the evaluation standpoint, Bruce is looking at a pool of guys and says, all right, this guy is going to fit well for what we're going to do. And the, like he, he, he's, he's picking out – because let's be honest, there's, there were guys every year in the transfer portal from bigger schools than some of these mid-majors. I mean, Bruce is obviously – and there's a lot of guys that are good coming out of the mid-majors. Bruce is finding guys and – Consist, I would say they're consistently coming up here and playing good, effective, efficient roles at Auburn. And we'll see. Obviously, he did it last year with Broom. I'm still going to give Wendell a lot of love. And, you know, I'll still give Zepp some love for what he did. And the big kicker here is going to see what the, if Denver translates. If Denver translates well, which I, all accounts leading to that would be a yes, then we are there. I mean, Cheney being a D2, that's almost a, a different comparable. But if Cheney Johnson looks good, then you really got to say, yeah, don't doubt Bruce the evaluator. Do all do some coaches miss on some guys? Yeah, there's always going to be some. But just saying, don't sleep on the evaluation of Bruce just yet. Mm. Well, I think uh, another guy to not sleep on too, someone we haven't talked about yet, is Chad Baker Mazzara. He, although he is coming from a JUCO school, he did play at San Diego State before he went to JUCO. And you want to talk about efficient and efficient from behind the arc? That is Chad Baker Mazzara. And he is very shifty in his game too. He's he's smaller. He's six seven, but he's kind of smaller when it comes to weight. Like you look at him, you're like, oh, he's kind of small. But honestly, having somebody like him play the wing is going to be exciting. It's a, a much different style of play than what we've been used to seeing with Flan there. So kind of getting a breath of fresh air at that three position with Chad is going to be really great. You can watch highlights of when SDSU played Creighton in the tournament a couple of years ago, and Chad was on that team. And while he didn't get a ton of minutes, the minutes he did get, he was super, super efficient on the floor. So I'm I'm going to be really curious to see how he pans out. Oddly enough, like Chad and Chaney are my two guys that I'm like keeping eyes on that were transfers coming in, which is so weird to say, given Denver's kind of success that he's had in being the the guy who transferred from um, the best conference. But I think Chad and, and Chaney really like those two guys are, are who I'm highest on out of, out of all of our transfers. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what guys, uh, I, I want to end this segment talking about asking one simple question. Uh, did they raise the floor this off season? Is this team fundamentally better than last year's team? Brandy, you can, go, you can get a start. I can with 100% confidence say yes. Yes? Okay, they did a good um, job. Um, yeah, I mean, if there's zero chance, I'm saying it right now, there's zero chance that I'm wrong about this. 100% yes, this, the t- floor okay. of this team is better. All right, say it with your chest. Memes, are they better? I'm putting it out there with my chest, and if I'm wrong, I'll own it, but I'm not wrong. <laughs> the floor yeah. of this team is so much better. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I thought the floor was just way too low at times last year, so I'm with you. I think there's it was very unlikely that they would get worse 
Yeah, I think the floor, I mean, it's easily to say the floor is better for this sole reason. And we've mentioned it a few times this episode is you've got a lot more versatility with this roster. You got guys that can do a lot more things. You got a good balance of transfers, freshmen, and returning veterans to this team, which should translate to solid chemistry. You got a lot of you got a lot of important players back that have played for the staff for a long time. They know how they operate. So that's gonna be really good. And and I, I, the ceiling, I mean, we knew what last year's ceiling could look like for very few glimpses, but the problem is, is you saw the glimpses for maybe 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes a game, but you also would see 10 to 15 minutes a game of just the absolute floor yeah. on the same game. And I think Tuscaloosa, Alabama was a great example of that, how you could be up by 17 and then turn around and lose that and lose the game. Nine, oh. nine minutes. So you... You did that, and you could also lose it. Now, one thing that really factored into that was guys getting into foul trouble, and I'm looking at Broom and Williams, or Jalen Williams on that, because that was something they, you know, when when they would get in foul trouble, the dynamic of the team would completely change, going back to the roster management of having guys to rotate in and out to help that balance for when that would happen. But just having that versatility that this roster should bring, that should have a little bit more uh, weapons than it did last year, top to bottom, uh, from the ceiling standpoint, I think the the real we feel good about the offensive side. I don't. It's it's really hard to say what the defensive side of things will look like. I think that's going to be the real determining factor for will this team. What my fear is, this team will take a step forward offensively, but will it take a step back defensively and it be a wash as far as right. where the ceiling is for this team? Mm. I think the floor is up if they can if they can keep the defensive side of things steady enough with the what what should be a natural translation of offense i think you got a much higher ceiling but worst case scenario if you raise the floor you should have a very 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 good team yeah i'm with i'm with brandy on this one i think the floor has has risen for this team based on the changes they made uh it's clear bruce pearl expects more out of them so we'll be standing by to see if he gets more out of them you'll get more out of us next thursday as we return mike mack and memes this is the auburn express powered by the war report we'll be back at you guys next week talking more auburn sports but until then guys adios and war eagle, war eagle.